You're listening to the Tipsy Nerds Book Club Podcast, your home for the best of science fiction and fantasy with a twist. Whether you prefer your stories with dragons or aliens, your beverages shaken or stirred, fill your glass, relax, and join the conversation with your hosts, sci-fi and fantasy authors and proud tipsy nerds, Natalie Wright and R.S. Dabney. Welcome, tipsy nerds, book lovers, sci-fi and fantasy fans, and writers to a special edition of the Tipsy Nerds Book Club podcast. I'm Natalie Wright, one of your hosts, along with my amazing writing co-host, Robin Dabney. Hey, Robin. Hey, Natalie. I'm wondering when you're going to run out of lovely, kind adjectives <laughs> to describe me. <laughs> this is a, that's a good uh, line for this episode, since we're talking about writing. Yes. Always trying to come up with a different uh, adjective. Yeah, I'm really impressed with My you. favorite one is co-conspirator, because I, like I do that. feel like we're co-conspirators in life on yeah. a lot of things. So, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we are putting together this special episode because we're writers and we know that a lot of our listeners are writers. Um, So we thought we would do an episode about our favorite books on writing. Yeah, and we've we've gotten some comments from people who say, like, one of the things they really enjoy about the show is that we not only talk about the books, but we'll talk about the writing and kind of break down some of the writing and things we like. And they're like, I'm learning a lot because of that. And so, um, you know, we learn from fiction, but we also learn from these nonfiction stories that we study as, as writers. Um, and for those of you listening who want to get better at writing or who just are interested in it, I think some of these we're going to cover um, what we think are the best. <laughs> or so, or maybe ones that have helped us. Helped us, yeah. Because um, I've read a lot of books on writing and all of them are helpful. Mm-hmm. I can always find something in there that's a kernel or a nugget um, this golden, but these are some of the ones that I have found helpful at various stages of my journey. So the particular books I'm choosing today to talk about, some of them are for that are great are great for when you're starting out, right? And then the others are good at any stage in the journey, and some are maybe a little bit more advanced. So no matter where you are in your writing journey, I think we'll have some things that uh, will inspire you or help you Definitely. in that. Yeah. So we're going to start with one though that was on both of our lists. And I think almost every writer on the planet would say this is probably on like their list of books that are must read. So and it's number one on my list. Yeah. And that book is Stephen King's On Writing. For me, I actually, I loved Stephen King before I started writing. Yeah. And I thank God I picked up this book because I think every writer, if you think you're going to write, read this first. Because one, he gives you a lot of pointers on what not to do. So like I luckily... You know, I had many flaws when I first started, but I did not pepper my story with adverbs. And that was because I read Stephen King's On Writing. Um, he gives you great advice on writing, but also on life in general. And, and not just about how to write, but about how to prepare yourself for the journey and the struggle that is trying to be an author and a writer. Right. One of, one of the takeaways from On Writing that always stuck with me was he talks about the boys in the basement. Yes. So the muse, the subconscious, Mm -hmm. the divine, whatever it is that you think that it is as a writer. And I think most writers get that on some level. Like we understand what, you know, his metaphor is the boys in the basement, which I thought, I don't have boys in a basement. I have some bitch in the attic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's kind of a a S&M, you know, she's got like chains and leather and whips and she like has to beat me into sensibility. (laughs) Maybe kind of not. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, There's actually these characters in World of Warcraft. There are these like demon ladies. That's who I actually picture. Your muse is a BDSM demon lady? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, yeah, that's, I, that was one of but my... But she drinks scotch. I mean, there's no rules to BDSM, I don't think, except like a safe word. <laughs> no, I just, that's how I picture her. She's, yeah. you know, she's, but she's badass. And, uh, but, you know, I, I like what I'm saying is my muse is not a kinder, gentler muse. My yeah. muse has to actually kind of... And I think like Stephen King, and I think that was one of the biggest things is, and the point of what he's talking about, the boys in the basement, the bitch in the attic is when you start out writing and you're a writer... You have to show up. You are not, maybe you're struck with an idea, but to actually write a book, like it can take me six months to write a first draft. And then the people are like, how do you do it? And how you do it is discipline. Is you show up every day at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever time you set and you write and you write one word or you write 3000, but you sit there and you show up. And if you show up day after day to write, eventually your muse is going to learn where you are and they're going to show up and they're not going to do this for you. But I think, his point with that is the discipline it takes. And I think that's, that is one of the really key elements of that story. Right. Um, But also the boys in the basement, the idea of that besides the discipline is another word for it might be percolation. Right. Yeah. So like the ideas are in there and there is some combination of your conscious self sitting in the chair. And if you do it long enough, like sometimes I sit in the chair. I mean, my, my acronym for it is AIC, ass and chair. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you do that day after day after day. Right. And some days, the muse does not show up at all. Yeah. And some days she's there right away. And some days it can take an hour. But eventually the boys in the basement get to work and they send up to you from the basement. They send up the ideas that are the golden ideas, the ones that are keepers. Yeah. And it may be one sentence or it might be many thousand words. But that's, yeah. So I love that idea. The boys in the basement. Yeah. I think one of the things, he's he's honest in this book. He's honest about how hard it is. He's honest about... um how persistent you have to be. Um, I love that he says, one of my favorite quotes from his is, if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to write. And I think this podcast has, not that I haven't, I've been a reader my whole life, but we've been reading a lot. And my writing is better because we're reading a lot. And that's the point he's making is that to do this craft, you study it. And the only way to study it is to read great stuff that other people have put out. Right. Good words in, good words out. Yes. Like a machine. And if you're reading crap or not reading at all, I mean, I, I would say that sometimes reading crap writing is as bad as not reading at all because you're not really filling yourself with. Well, I think occasional crap writing is okay because yeah. I've read bad books and I'm like, oh my God, don't do that. Yeah, so it's great. That's true. Especially if you're new, it's great. If you know a book that's garbage, read it and be like, you learn the pitfalls immediately just by what turns you off as a reader. Right. So, right. all right, I guess we should move on. Yeah. So Stephen that's. King on writing. Definitely recommend Stephen King on yep. writing. Okay. You want to go or? Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. So my other, my other, wait, we each picked three beyond, we each picked three and an honorable mention. <laughs> okay. So one of mine, I picked the elements of style. This one is by William Strunk and E.B. White. Um, you might recognize E.B. White. He wrote Charlotte's Web. This is another book that if you are beginning to write, you need to have this in your arsenal. It is not a memoir. It's not about how to write all these different things, but it's about the technical aspects of writing and grammar and all of that. But it's done in a really accessible way. And it's a great reference guide. If you're like, I don't know how to use this comma properly or this form of punctuation. Maybe Stephen King even recommends this in on writing. And that's how I came to this. I don't remember. It was years ago, but um, the elements of style, put this in your wheelhouse. If you need a book specifically on the technical aspects of the craft. Yeah. And with technical, I would say too, there's there's um, a series that Reader's Digest did on the craft of writing. 
It's, the series is called Write Great Fiction. And when I was first starting out, James Scott Bell, there are two that I picked up. There may be more, but the two that I really liked. One is um, on plot. And he has a system called LOCK. I remember it to this day. Lead, objective, uh, conflict, and knockout ending. And so I that was really helpful to me to get a grip on my stories. You know, I tend to write epic. And so sometimes, you know, when you're first starting out, it can be hard to really rein it in. So mm-hmm. that was really good. And then he has one on revision and self-editing. So it, those are two books, but I'm kind of putting them together. And I think if you're just starting out, that can be really helpful to go through it. And there's a lot of exercises in them and it can help you get a grip on each element of your story. All right. So my next one I have, it's called Save the Cat, the last book on screenwriting that you'll ever need. It's by Blake Snyder. And I know it's about screenwriting, but screenwriting, if like learning the techniques of screenwriting translates so well into writing a story because you're following the same, the same arcs, the same storylines. But this breaks it down into really graspable sections. So like if you're writing a screenplay for a movie, you know, certain things happen every 15 minutes or every this. And like, once you know the formula, you can like find it in anything you watch. And when you learn how to break down your novel into that same formula, maybe it's not every 15 minutes, but it's every 30 pages or every so-and-so chapters. It's really helpful when you can train your mind to think like that and to think of, okay, so in the first 30 pages of this book, this is what I need to have to get a reader's attention, to, to frame a good story, to lay the, the Easter eggs and the plot lines that I need to get started. And this book is a really, it's funny. He's a funny writer. I think he also has one actually on novels, but the screenwriting one is the one that was recommended to me. But just to help you learn how to get all of the elements that need to be in a good story into the story, I feel like this book is fantastic. So Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. I love that. Yeah. I think too, I went to my first writer's conference in 2009 and it was in LA. And I remember a bunch of editors on the panel and agents. One of my takeaways at that moment, and I was just starting, I started writing seriously in maybe 2007, 2008, was that they were recommending a lot of stuff about screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of a modern, more modern trend in novel writing is and I don't, I don't know exactly why that is, but I would say if you're, again, just starting out or if you're looking for a refresher of your writing, getting things in more in that vein is uh, more saleable. Well, and I think if you think back to the origins of storytelling and where a lot of this developed it was with that three-act play structure, right. which is what screenwriters follow and what we actually follow even without knowing it in our own writing. But there's certain elements that must go into act one Act two and act three. Since the beginning of time, that's how we've been telling stories. And so I think that's why it's it's used so much even by novelists is because if you follow that, I mean, for thousands of years, people have been entertained by that structure. So you almost can't go wrong. <laughs> right. My next one is one that's you're not going to find ex- anywhere probably except for on Amazon. And it's you're now going to say it on a list and you've probably never heard of it before. But this actually came to me by uh, Amazon. You know, when they give you the that you might like this things. And I saw it and I was like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. So I picked this up, I think last year, and I really like it. It's called Write Characters Your Readers Won't Forget by a gentleman named Stant Latour. I'm looking it up right now. (laughs) Stant Latour, and this is interesting. He's the author of The Ansible Stories. Know where he got that from? The Zombie Bible, The Running of the Tyrannosaurus in Dante's Heart. And Stant, I'm assuming that name, Stant Latour, is a, a pen name. But anyway, 
why I like it, it's very small. It won't cost you hardly anything. And why I like it is because he's got these great exercises in there. And exercises are always wonderful, no matter what stage of writing you're in. But one of the things he helped me to really see was what is like the strangest thing your character can be doing? Like to take everything you think that you're going to do and his exercises help you flip it on its head, turn it inside out, look at it a different way. And it really helped me to, I think, move my character development up a notch by getting out of tropes. Whatever I thought I was going to do in terms of how I was going to introduce this character, forget that first thought. Drop it, let it go, and and keep going, keep going, keep going until you can find the the strangest thing, you know, that that your character could be doing. So I like it, and and it's inexpensive, and I highly recommend it, especially if you are if you've been writing for a while and you just want something maybe that will turn turn it a little bit around for you, his exercises are very, very good. I would also say that that seems really important because I think character-driven stories are the best stories and they're the hardest to write and they're the ones you don't think to write as a new author. Like my first series is definitely a plot-driven series. I'm rewriting it currently and I'm trying to make it character-driven because I think that is next-level writing. And so if you writers listening can get started and know that from the beginning. Like I didn't even know there was such a thing as plot driven versus character driven. I just sat down and wrote a book. Um, But if you can start out focusing on driving your stories by through your characters and who they are and their actions and their behaviors and their relationships, you're going to have a much deeper, richer story. And so if uh, reading books like that, I think to develop your characters into that is going to help you start out in the right direction and not having to like rewrite an entire series. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm not sure it's possible because like, okay, here was me with my first story. I'm like, oh my God, I have an idea. And I sat down, I wrote it and I got a beginning and a middle and an end. And I remember feeling like, I'm a writing God. I put, I put it all together. I did it. Right. And you know, that's great because when you're first starting out, like it's fucking hard. It is really hard to do. It's so hard. To put together 90,000 words or 70,000 words that make sense, that, that like flow, that have like some sense about them. So if that's where you are, that's where you are. That's great. Yeah. Um, but but it never hurts to pick up any of these books yes. at any stage and read them and do some of the exercises. All right. All right. I got another a good one here that's probably on a lot of people's lists. The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. This is another one I think that everybody who wants to tell a story should read. He basically goes through, starting at the beginning of time, with the mythology and how humans have told stories and why we tell these stories and what the different archetypes are. And, you know, it's stuff that you know, but you forget about because you learn it in, you know, sophomore English class or whatever. But I think to tell a good story, one, you need to read a lot of good stuff from modern times because storytelling changes, you know, every decade, there's a different technique. But I think you also have to have this really good understanding of like where we as humans began with sharing stories and creating. And I think this book does such a phenomenal job of that. Um, yeah. It was on my shelf yeah. and I was going to bring it, but then I saw that you were bringing it. So uh, it's another one that's a, that's a duplicate. But I'm going to also throw a little thing out here for this. And it's, a, and it's just a thought for people yeah. to consider. Um, Joseph Campbell, um, very influential on George Lucas. I mean, Star Wars probably wouldn't exist if he hadn't been reading Joseph Campbell. He's very influential on a lot of... of 
of writers, but I'm going to say Western writers. Because if you start looking at Eastern mythology and Eastern religion and and, uh, stuff that has been existed in Asia for thousands of years, I'm not sure that Joseph Campbell totally 100% holds up in terms of his archetypes and some of what he says, if you look at that. Um, So, yeah. And also it's pretty Western male. It is. In it terms is. of a canon. So I'm but, not saying it's not because it's on mine. I, it's very influential on me. But I also say that, you know, to balance yourself, if you want to push yourself a little, yes. read that. And then I don't have one to recommend, but maybe it would be interesting to try to find some similar thing right. written about maybe, say, Asian Definitely. Archetypes. And I will say that the book was originally published in 1948. Right. And so, again, that was definitely like white male. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, the center of the earth was... The Western, the Western, you know, Western culture. And so, again, this is one of those where you take it in its historical context, but I totally agree. Read this. I think it it, it needs to be part of your foundation. But since it's 2019, also read and explore the rest of the, you know, rich and colorful world and their mythology, because honestly, like agents and editors are getting tired of the Western tropes. Like they're like, please send me something different, unique from Africa, from Asia. And so yeah, it would behoove you to also explore farther because that's what people are wanting now. Right, definitely. But definitely worth a read. Yes. A good one. Okay, I've got another one. I, I mean, so many. Yeah. <laughs> the pile. So I'm going to put this one kind of in the same category as the Stant Latour Right Characters book. And this one's called The Emotional Craft of Fiction by Donald Mass. This one is a little bit more popular, maybe one that you've seen or heard of before. Yes, he is an agent. And so it's very fascinating from that perspective because this is a man who has read a ton. And so he, but he is basically saying, look, I don't care. You can call it character driven. You can call it plot driven. You can call it this. You can call it that. You can call it structure. I don't care. I don't give a shit. If you don't emotionally move me, I don't care about your story. And so, because my goal as an artist is to, I mean, personally for me, um, the way, because when I was in, whether it's two-dimensional art or three-dimensional art or writing, my only purpose is to try to transmit the emotion that I have in me, my thought, into the medium Mm -hmm. and transmit that and make the person feel on the other end. I think it's magic, it's alchemy, it's real, and it's amazing, and it can transcend that's like time, yeah, 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 generation, right. uh, gender, everything. So it's it's really it's fucking incredible, is what it is. So yeah. I this is one that has exercises, so you can read it through and then you pull it out. You can do the exercises, and I think it's helpful. So oh, I need to get that. Yeah, the emotional craft of fiction: how to write the story beneath the surface. Nice. And so it does kind of force you to dig a little deeper. I would say that's also advocating the character driven versus plot driven because if you if you can as a reader feel that emotion. I think that's going to be, that's a character-driven moment or plot or right. that's the goal is not just to leave you entertained, but to leave you moved or changed right. or something And that's the, the next level writing. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen some, some newish writers that are like, oh my gosh, this is so emotional. And they think it's an emotional story. And then I pick it up and I'm like, I'm not feeling it. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad story, but um, writing is really fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> and the absolute hardest thing about it is that transmission Mm -hmm. of the emotion from one person to another. That is the alchemy piece. Mm -hmm. And it only comes with time, experience, and fucking it up many, many times until you get it right. And you don't get it right every single time, no matter how experienced you are. But so all these tools, 
are great resources. I want to take a little break to tell you what we're drinking today. Oh, We forgot to say that. We're drinking the Perennial Writer's Drink Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Fuels the brain. Cools the heart. Yes. I don't think that's a saying. I don't know. <laughs> you just, you like just I'm a writer one. and I should be able to come up with something better You're right. than that. Right. Some pithy comment. Uh, we got nothing. New, but I'm branded. Just, yeah. We're at Comic-Con. We've been here all week. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. So okay. what's next on your list? I feel like I've like misplaced something. Oh, no. We each only have one left, right? Yes. Okay, and, okay, then okay. I, and then I have an honorable mention one that I'm just going to But why am I there. on my honorable mention already? I don't know. Because you brought four. Yeah, this one is not for when you're writing a book. This one's for after. So what, what, this will be like, Oh, okay, I don't know. so we're on yeah. honorable mention. Yeah, okay. Look at us having a little fight. You brought four. I don't know how many I brought. I just, I brought a stack. <laughs> no I don't know. Fair. Okay. Um, okay, so for my honorable mention, I've got Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And her subtitle to this is Creative Living Beyond Fear. And this one is not so much about writing or like technical writing. It is about being a creative human being in the world. And it is one I would recommend to anybody, anybody who's in any stage of writing music, any form of art or anybody who's like wants to pursue this art, they're afraid to. This is about, it's just so inspirational. It makes you feel so good. She incorporates things from her own life and like magic basically that comes from the universe to aid in this creative process and how to tap into that and how to, enrich your life, your creativity through tapping into that magic. And for me, I'm a big believer in that, you know, maybe some of you are like, oh my God, the woo woo. And I get it. I totally get it. But I think if you like, I think that it's out there and you can tap into it. And as a creative, you have to, you must, otherwise this world, this life will totally drain you of everything. Like creativity should not be about being depressed and and feeling like you have to be this stereotypical, like angsty writer, angsty writer, emo. No, it's like, that shouldn't be what you strive for. You should strive for your creativity to be this thing that brings you back to life, that takes you away from that. And so this book is just about that. And I feel like it is so critical beyond the technical aspects, how to get better as a writer. This is how to embrace being a creative and living your best creative life. And I think that's an important thing to include in that conversation and to you know, make sure you keep track of your mental health through being a creative. Because this is a, like, really hard, <laughs> which we've said over and over. But it, it, So anyone who's not a writer is like, why would I want to fucking do that? <laughs> Y'all are like, that's so hard. Yeah, but, but it, it's, it is also rewarding. And yes. it's like, when you accomplish something like this, or you do transfer that emotion to somebody, there's right. no greater feeling right. than than realizing that you have created gold out of, you know, granite. And... I think that happens with writing, but you also have to make sure you keep track of like your mental health through that. You need to keep track of right. your physical health, your creative really? health. That's something we're supposed to do. I know we don't do it very well. <laughs> you mean you're not supposed to just be like laying on the floor, no, <laughs> gnashing no. your teeth, wallowing around, going, ah, pulling your hair out? No, no that's, like, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we spend a lot of our time doing. However, we should strive. I need to get to. this book. You need, you need this book. I need to read it again. <laughs> I need to like, right. I need to like hook this up to an IV and put it into my veins. Um, <laughs> Is that possible? I wish it was. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. If you could like, I think that's called like heroin. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not advocating heroin. I'm advocating. Or maybe it's the Matrix, right? You're hooked into a machine, and like a machine just kind of feeds you what you're supposed to know. We're digressing. Oh, oh, it's the empathy box from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah, there we go. That's what we, this is 
Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic is, is an the empathy, empathy box for creatives in a real, not artificial, healthy way. Okay. <laughs> and I'm taking notes right now because yes. that's one I need to pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always learn something. Okay. I am ending with a book that came to me recently. I'm going to tell just briefly how it came to me because that's another piece. So again, we were we uh, finished a conversation recently with Dorinda Jones, who is in our season one program, and we loved her. And she was talking about how, you know, after 17 books out, she's still learning. She's always looking for workshops. And I love that because I'm the same way. I feel like I'm my whole life, I could be 120, and which I'm not going to be because I'm killing my liver by drinking too much wine, probably. This show. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> if, if only I hadn't done Tipsy Nerds podcast, I would have lived to be 120. Probably not. Anyway, uh, we digress again. But Dorinda Jones, she was talking about that. And I love that. And I'm always learning. So I um, did, in 2019, I did a masterclass online with Neil Gaiman. Um, it was a masterclass on story. And I loved it. Um, but actually the best thing about the masterclass was his recommended reading list. I mean, he was good, but I think I got more out of the recommended reading list. And one of the books that he recommends is Robert McKee's story. I'm buying this right now. Substance, structure, style, and the principles of screenwriting. So again, we have a screenwriting. Now, Robert McKee, I have known about for a while because like I said, back in 2009, I remember people talking about Robert McKee, agents and editors. And he has a wonderful YouTube series. So if you get online, check out Robert McKee's YouTube channel. He's an older gentleman, and I love that he is so giving of his time to give all these pearls of wisdom free on YouTube. By I think it's weekly. He does a new a new podcast or a new YouTube video. So if you are a storyteller of any kind, you absolutely positively don't walk, run and get something by Robert McKee in your head. I like, as we're having this conversation, just bought the book on Amazon. On my there you go. Yeah. Boom. So, okay. Now, Robert McKee's book on story you must get because he walks you through the elements of story in a way that in all that I've done, I've never seen it so structured in a way that I could really actually put in my brain and get. You know what I'm he saying? takes like, all the books we've just talked about and puts it together in one story. It's an older book. But Robert McKee is a is a gentleman that the people in Hollywood go to to doctor. You know, he's a he's a script doctor. Wow. He's a script. He's a screenwriter, but he is a script doctor. He's the one that when they can't make it work, they go to him and they say, "Fix this." And he throws up his hands. He's like, "You idiots!" Probably. I don't know that, but I'm just saying. If I were him, I'd probably be doing that. But yeah, yeah, we want to be him. But anyway, Robert McKee story. Um, but I'm just going to give you, I mean, it's all of its pearls of wisdom, every single page. I'm like highlighting the whole fucking thing. It's like that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, exactly. Ah, And then I'm like throwing out everything I've written and starting over. But one of the things that's helping me in my current manuscript, which is epic, it's like this really big story, is the central idea. And I'm like, why did no one tell me that before? That like every good story has a central idea. Like, what are you trying to say? And he basically says, before you talk about character, before you talk about plot, before you talk about theme and beats and all that shit, you have to, if you don't have something to say, then why are you writing? Yeah. And I was like, then I was like, 
oh my God, do I have anything to say? What do I try to say? Like, is it just that I want to write about dragons? You know what I mean? It's like, right. oh, I have this cool character and all these, I've pinned like 1,600 pins on Pinterest, but like, who cares? Like, how are you going to make the emotional connection to exactly. make somebody give a shit about so, what? So yeah. he's saying that emotional connection comes from the fact that you have something fucking to say. And that if you are not making your entire story about that, you're doing it wrong. Every single scene has to be in service to that. And then when we read The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin, that's where that total connection came full circle because I was like, fuck. And that's why we loved it so much is because she did exactly that. She fucking did it. And I'm like, (laughs) yes! You know, it's like the heavens open. I'm like, yeah, damn it. Ursula, you're the fucking queen, man. You're the god. I'm nerding out so bad about this right now. So... I love Robert McKee. He is the god of story. Read him, know him, live him. And I am never going to be worthy of it, but I will strive to that. You know what I mean? Now I now it's like clear to me what I have to do, you know, like where I'm going to go. And someday maybe I'll figure it out. Totally. So, okay. So we are talking about all these books by people who are writers or just experts in the craft. But like we are also writers. And so I am curious, like before right. we end this, like, right. What advice, like what one nugget of advice would you give to somebody who is just starting out writing? Right. It's it's simple. It's the advice I got. It's the advice I was like, I thought was flippant and stupid. And I sneered at when I was first starting out. And I tried, I think, when I look back, I think I tried shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't any. The only way that you learn to write is to write mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. The first thing that comes out of your pen is not the best thing ever for anybody. George R. R. Martin takes a day to write three pages. You know, because he's knows what he's doing. And when I first started, I was like, I'm writing 3,000 words a day and I'm amazing. Well, it's 3,000 words of crap. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, but you can edit crap. You can't edit nothing. That's true. That is true. But what I'm saying is, and I'm not saying that you have to slow down to be good. Right. So don't misunderstand me. I mean, write whatever speed you need to write. But I guess what I'm saying is that the only way you learn is to do it. And you do it You do it badly. You do. I mean, you, when you first start out, and, and by badly, I mean, you know, like, maybe you have a great plot, but you don't have any character development. Or maybe you have this great character, but... But, you know, your plot, you have plot holes or maybe you haven't done anything to introduce the scene or you have no no sensory and you don't have adverbs. beats. And, right, you have 900 adverbs. But it doesn't matter. Everybody's bad when they first start out and everyone writes stuff that no one would want to read or that they can't make sense out of. But you've got to read every day. You've got to write every day, write short stories, write in all kinds of genres. Mm-hmm. I wish when I had first started out that I had written mysteries. I wish that I had written horror. I wish that I had written sci-fi and fantasy. Non, you know what I mean? Stretch your brain. Stretch myself. I yeah. wish I had really done that. And if I was 25 again, you know, I would just be writing short stories of all kinds and trying to find my voice because instead I had to write six novels and spend 10 years to find, you know what I'm saying? I'm, totally. I maybe it takes yeah. that long, but mm-hmm. just write, write, yeah. write, 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 write. I agree. Yeah. Right. That's okay. all it is. Button chair, right. I met a gentleman who took a job as a night security guard because at a, I think it was at a security company. It was like at a company that makes like deadbolts or something. You know what I'm saying? So I thought it was hilarious. I know know, because he's working at a place, this is a security place to be a security guard. So it's like the most secure place on the planet. 
absolutely nothing happens. Sure. Like, who's going to steal deadbolts? So he (laughs) writes. Basically, he's paid to sit and write. And I love that. You know, if you want to write, like earlier saying something about, you know, the creative thing of writing. And it's like, for me, it's like, I have to write. Yeah. Like, talk about mental. Mm -hmm. If I'm not writing, I'm mental. You know? (laughs) So I have to write. And I love these stories when I go around to, to Comic-Cons and stuff of talking to writers and hearing all these stories about people and the ways that they find to be writers because they have to. Right. And I love that. Yeah, totally. I would say I would I Same 100% question agree to that. I would say for me, the things, uh, like from my experience with it, is that like you have got to be persistent and you have to persevere. It is a lot, like, Going back to what you said, you yeah. write your first novel and you're like, I am God. Yeah. And it's like, holy fuck, no, you're a worm <laughs> on the ground. Like, you have just started. And like, I have had, I think I had 45 rejections before I first pub- published my first book. Um, and even then, it was like a hybrid published. It wasn't, you know, big New York Times bestselling publishing. Again, now we've got an eight, we've got an agent or we've got agents. We've got, we've made it places. We've gotten up steps, but it's hard. And the industry is hard. And don't give up those big, wild dreams. Because even to this day, Natalie and I think we're going to conquer the world. Yeah. And like, keep that. But just know that like, it's a long process. Knuckle down and keep writing. And right. so this ties into what you said. Get better. Do not ever think that you know everything, that you're good enough. Be humble. If you're Stephen King, hopefully you're still learning how to be a better writer. Be humble. I think the best writers we've ever met and talked to in the world or you read interviews from, I think the really, really good ones yeah. are the ones that are humble and know that they they are fans and yeah. they read stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, they're just, they're so jazzed about it because right. they're jealous they didn't write it. They, exactly. they love that someone came up with it and, you know. Make it your goal not just to think you're the best, but to right. be the best. And, right. And, and knowing, know that, knowing that you will never be the right. best. Right. So always work at it. And the other thing I would say is like, Natalie and I have both, and everybody has a different writing journey, but we've both gone aware around this in our own weird, bizarre, convoluted paths that aren't like the typical paths of doing this. And my philosophy has always been like, you know, you knock on the front door and if they don't let you in, you know, they're like somebody, if, you know, if God closes a door somewhere, he opens a window. But it's like, right. sometimes you go to the window and like they've deadbolted and like steeled <laughs> up the window. And it's my, my philosophy is, is like, if you can't get in the door, you can't get in the window and like, you can't get in the garage, like blow the fucking house down. Right. I will get in. I'm the big, be the big bad wolf and blow the fucking house down because you're going to have to go about all these different paths. And that comes from writing, reading, getting better, and just like not taking no for an answer. And that's not, not being polite because you must always be polite and gracious in the industry. Right. But just keep going. Right. Keep going. Yeah. Don't give up. I think that's probably true of just about any profession. Don't give up. It is. But I think for some reason, people, again, saying this from experience, you get into writing thinking that once you write, you've done it. And right. so not giving up is even more critical if you really want to make it as a business, a job, a livelihood. When I first started, when I had a story that I thought was ready to go, it was at a time when it seemed like, and I maybe it was just the news or what I was getting, it seemed like there were quite a few people that was, it was like their first book and they were, it was a bestseller. Mm-hmm. You know, like Veronica Roth, she, right? She's the one who wrote Divergent. Yes. And she had a book and movie deal like at the same time, which is really highly unusual. 
most, you know, like look at a Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire. I mean, it came out in 96. the 90s and then it's not until the 2000s, you know, the later 2000s mm-hmm. that it gets made into. And he had prior Hollywood experience. Right. So most of these, like Wheel of Time is just now. That was written before a Game of Thrones. Was that in like the 80s or the 70s? It was, I be, it was in the 90s, but oh, the wow. first okay, book nice. of so A Wheel of Time came out prior to the first book in A Song of Ice and Fire. And it's just now being made into a show. So for the most people, this really takes some time. But it seemed like at that moment, I was getting, and I was like, when my book, my first book, self-published, my very first story, self-published, did not magically sell a million copies, I thought I was a loser. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. But that's bullshit. Yeah. You're, you're only a loser if you just stop. Right. But I didn't yeah. stop. Right. But I remember feeling that like, oh, well, it didn't sell a million copies. Therefore, now most books, the average 97%, I think, of books only sell a thousand copies or less. In their lifetime. Of all books. Yeah. In their entire lifetime. So, you know, let's be realistic, you know, and I was not realistic. So, but you do have to put your, you know, pull up your big girl pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> get, get real. Get a strong belt. So get, yeah, <laughs> get a strong and get real and understand that in any profession, most professions, you have to put in 10 years, 10,000 hours. There's all these right. like things, right? That it's not even different because you're a writer. Right. And everyone thinks because you can write a sentence because you wrote, you know, like essays in high school that you can write. Know how to use the English language. Yeah, therefore I'm a writer. It's like, okay, calm down. You know, like I used to write nonfiction in my my first career yeah. and, and articles. And so, okay, that's a completely different beast than writing fiction. Yeah. You haven't learned how to write fiction. It's a whole different world. So it just takes time. Yeah. So be patient with yourself, be calm. And then I my very last book I want to mention though, that is something that I think is invaluable in once you've written your book mm-hmm. and it's out in the world or it's getting ready to be out in the world, pick up this book by Tim Grawl. Last name is G-R-A-H-L. He helped many authors become um, New York Times bestsellers. He's sort of a guru of how to sell your books. And his book that I recommend is called Your First 1,000 Copies probably 10 bucks or less for the paperback. It's like, I don't know, 200 pages. Worth every cent. You can read it in an afternoon. I, mine has so many stickies on it. I, you know, it won't even open. I have to like, but his advice for you on how to actually get your story out into the world, I think is invaluable. And again, I've read so many things on it, right. but he just kind of breaks it down in a really like, you know, like accessible, uh, accessible and, and like a plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, I have a plan. And you can print out his his like pages on this. He's got these free materials. And you can say, okay, today, step one, here's what I do. Next day, here's what I do. And you can have your six-month plan, your three-month plan, your one-month plan for what you need to do. And it's not the only thing you're going to need to do. You know what I mean? Right. But it is at least a plan. Yeah. And it helped me with my second book in my second series, you know, get onto the the hot list on Amazon. You know, it didn't, it's not a New York Times bestseller, but it did amp up my sales incredibly. But it also just made me feel like I was under control of my launch. You know yeah, what I mean? Like important. I knew what to do. Yeah. To be able to take proactive steps. Like we're saying all this stuff that sounds like so doom and gloom. Right. But the point is, is that just to prepare yourself, not right. to not fight for it. Like, right. I will fight until the day I die, even if I never sell 2,000 copies. Right. Like, so, like, yeah, I think just, it's like, just 
stay positive and and have a plan. I think that helps if you have manageable steps and goals that you can reach and check off and do to feel like you are moving yourself forward. Right. And I think Tim's book, his process will work whether you're self-published, traditionally published, small press, it does not matter. Cool. Same process works for all yeah. of that. So, yay. I'm all like inspired now. I'm yeah, like, I'm like we can do this. I feel like I'm ready to go to like, like I'm in like some epic battle and I'm like going to grab my sword. Yes. <laughs> Fucking yeah, girl. Woo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So yeah. we hope you guys like feel the same way. If you don't yeah. feel like you're ready to go to war, you have not had enough to drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not our fault. It's yours. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Drink more wine. Yeah. But this has been fun. Has. So uh, we want to hear from you all. What yeah. If you are a writer, mm-hmm. what books do you love on writing that yeah. aren't on the list that we've just given you? Because yeah. everybody has their own, their own, you know, inspirational books. So we want to hear from you. Post it on our Instagram, on our Facebook, well, on our Twitter. It, we want yeah. other people to have that information. And also, you know, we're doing this special episode because of y'all's questions and, you know, you're asking us these things. And so if there's other things you want to hear about science fiction fantasy or about writing, any of that stuff, like let us know. When we we love talking. Yes. <laughs> so just tell us what you want to hear. That's a shocking and sentiment. We like yeah. talking and we like drinking and we like each other. So yeah. give us reasons to do all of those things and we will make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, cheers, Robin. I'm empty. Oh, cheers. She always beats me to the end of the glass. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Tipsy Nerds Book Club Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the fun with your friends and family. Love what you heard and want the fun to continue? Head over to Patreon and become a patron of the Tipsy Nerds Podcast. We love our patrons. Want a recipe for a cocktail you heard here? You can find recipes as well as show notes, episode transcripts, and helpful links on our website, tipsynerdsbookclub.com. And as always, join us next week for a new episode of Libations and Geeking Out. Cheers.